Universe Live, if you're a fan of animals or animal stories, you've come to the right place. So, let's go! Hey guys, this is Karen, otherwise known as Rob's mom. Uh, and so welcome to the show. We're excited that you're here. If you're here live, we're thrilled you're here live. If you're not here live in our replay, we're just as thrilled. Make sure you put your name and where you are watching from in the comments. But if you are here live and you have a question, you have something to say, put it in the comments. We'll put it up on the screen. So Rob, you kind of alluded to what we we're talking about today. What are we doing? Today is the love of animals because why not? Who doesn't love just looking at cute pictures? It just makes you happy. So this uh, topic came to mind from a book I was reading. So we decided let's expand on the idea. And the first point is why we love animal stories, specifically the cute ones, the ones that go, ah. Exactly. My answer, my answer to that was, because why not? No. Why not? Um, because happy feels good, which I feel like is somebody's slogan somewhere. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so happy animal stories. Well, actually, let me start off. So for me, I limit any news whatsoever because it's not good for me, whatever. But the one thing I do follow along on Twitter, which is the main social media, is animal-related videos, stories, pictures, what have you, because... You know, you could be having a bad day or a good day, and it just gets that much better because you're like, puppy. Um, so why we love them? Um, I would like to think the obvious is it's the one story that usually can't be bad. Even if the story might start kind of sad, it usually ends pretty well. Case in point, the story is about people who might find an abandoned dog. And after they clean it up and they get it all you know, used to people, it becomes the best dog in the world. Right. Um, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's why we love those kind of stories. I would think you probably agree. I don't know. what. Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, first of all, I, I agree. I think animals, especially dogs, I mean, and cats, but in my case, dogs, um, they're like a, an amazing family member that, A, doesn't talk back. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I agree. Yeah, uh, but they're but they're like a family member. They are a family member, and and I think in some cases they become even maybe even bigger than a family member because you you literally I mean when you're feeling sad you pet your dog um, when you when you need to get out and maybe get some fresh air you take your dog out for a walk. So totally, I I I, I agree with you one hundred percent. There is something about reading about animals, watching animals, hearing about animals that makes you just like you say go ah. Exactly. And to piggyback off, you know, they're family members. They're not just creatures that live in the house. Um, right. And right. whether you're a dog, a cat, a bird, you know, we had reptiles. Um, right. Whatever the species may be, it becomes your, yeah. you know, your child, your, your, your right. whoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think generally speaking, it would be hard pressed to find anybody who would find something wrong with a animal story. You know, and again, not all of them are always pleasant. You know, I know way back when with the whole SeaWorld incident and there was that whole issue about keeping whales and, you know, right. whatever. But even still, something educational comes out of it. 
Um, and well, actually, you know, what we're going to go in the book later, but one of the stories in her book that we're talking about is actually about, uh, it was called, you know, Where's Willie after the, you know, Free Willy movie. But it was about a whale that actually wouldn't leave its uh, domestication because it was having too much of a good time right. being pampered. You know, it got fed every day. It got playtime. And he's like, why would I want to leave? I got it here. So the fact that, yes, it's not great to be, you know, and again, there's a whole zoo thing, whether or not keeping animals forever. But right. you come to a point where even the animals are like, I like it here. I'm going to stay. So yeah. I also think that a lot of if you, you know, you touched on the zoos and you touched on things like that. You know, a lot of the zoos in today's day are literally not just a zoo where people go and gawk at the animals in, behind a cage. Right. They, they're, they're literally set up. I mean, dad and I watch these shows like all the time where these zoos are set up to either be a place for um, to uh, make sure that the animals don't go extinct and they, they help breed them and they help right. make sure. So I kind of like where the zoo is going at this point because it feels like we're taking care of our, our loved ones, so to speak. We're taking care of our loved ones. So it very much, it's a, it's a member of the family. And um, I can't imagine, as you know, we had to put our, our one of our dogs down a couple of weeks ago. And it, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. And so um, I was excited about this show because I need something happy to go, you know, to go along with that. So I know you picked out some books. But before we get to the books, I know you want to talk about this chemical thing, because it's not just, well, we like animals and we like animal stories. There's actually a reason. There's actually something that happens physically. Right. So I'm going to go over what it is. Uh, endorphins. I learned my words for the day today. Um, and then we'll kind of splice into the specific book um, on right. animals as well. So found a website, meetcortex.com. That's M-E-E-T-C-O-R-T-E-X.com. Mm -hmm. And one of their little blogs talked about storytelling and endorphins. And basically what they said was it's the most powerful way to create them. There's also chemicals like dopamine, cortisol as well. Right. But endorphins are the ones that kind of give us that, that smiley, that yay. Um, and really it's just a matter of how you tell it and who you're telling it to. Obviously their science behind it is the happier the story, the happier you're going to be. However, there's also like the happy cry. So even when you, cry about something right. you're still releasing because it's whatever but really it's the way you go about the story so this could be you know a book a show whatever but i think the easiest story to tell to make you smile is something about an animal and i think you know while this website is specifically going general story it made the most sense to talk about because you know the topic now going into some of the stories here now she apparently the author she has a bunch of animals. She lives on a farm, you know, with, with her husband plus the animals. Um, in her, in her uh, I'll show you this page. Um, you know, the who's it for. The first two, I believe, are her human people. But everybody else down here are the names of her animals. So we have Duffy and Laura and Beauty and Helen and Tweed. So you can tell she likes her animals. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so... This one's kind of funny, and you know, we're, we're gonna, like you said, we're going to go over some other ones. But this one was funny. One story I wanted to go first because it's actually from California. Uh, it takes place in Moore Park Zoo as well as Burbank, where animal movies are shot. But she did a story about you know, up until a point, the Humane Society had no rules about uh, how an animal was used for education purposes or for filming. Nowadays, just like a human or a kid, 
you can't have them on for more than I think what two or three days at a time. Right. One rule I find interesting was if you're using a great ape like a gorilla, a chimp, or an orangutan, you must build a park next to the filming set for it to play. Wow. If the orangutan or the gorilla, whatever is going to be there for say you know four or five days, they require some sort of facility you want to call it with stuff to hang on stuff to cool. play with, and do all that and that was the first story that struck me because a we live in the area you know the more park zoo was where i used to be by yeah. and it was an interesting story and it wasn't necessarily like the endorphin woo but it was the oh so this is where we've come to like cool yeah um one of the other ones i loved was uh, about a lady who used to keep pigeons and mm -hmm. she, you know her grandpa i guess raced pigeons for a while she had to move and she had to give the pigeons to a facility who raised them. However, some sort of reason they got out and went back to the house they lived in, even though she doesn't live there. And it's the idea that they have the ingrained notion of where they live and that's where they live. So for the longest time, the new owners were like, where the hell are these pigeons coming from? Right. And it took them a while to, you know, have to reacclimate them to the new. And that's just some of the few things. I talked about the whale story. She did one about a place, I think, in Arizona where donkeys, when they get too old, they get to go live and be old donkeys. And they get to run around and they get to eat hay and they have other donkeys to play with. And they just basically get to be old and do nothing, just relax. So that's the kind of story that's interesting. You know, you look at it and you go, well, that's kind of depressing, like the pigeons miss their family. But I believe, for me, the point of the story is not necessarily that they're at a loss. It's the amazing abilities that we give, that we don't give non-human animals. Right. That, that these books show. And there have been stories, Rob. I mean, I've, I'm sure you've heard these stories where people move away. Um, some, their dog gets lost. And somehow the dog ends up finding them wherever they yeah. are. I don't know how they do that. But I think it's sort of like the same thing. They have this innate... Uh, ability to know where they belong and where they're supposed to go back to. I know with our little one, I, I, don't, know where, I don't know if Christopher's in here, but the little one, we're always so afraid he's going to get out and then he's just going to take off that we found him running on a freeway. But what we found out is, yes, he might get out, but guess what? He comes back. He's coming, but he's gotten out and come back to us. So I think it's exactly what you're saying. It is, you know, they, yeah. they have and recently there was another one, I think it was a cat, and somehow they moved from New York to, like, Arizona. The cat got lost, but apparently took, like, a country trek. He ended up getting picked up by somebody, but they, they, they drove him to the house, and the cat, the cat literally was on his way to Arizona to meet up with his family. Oh um, I don't know the exact distance, you know, but it was that kind of thing. Like, they went from one side to the other, and the cat's like, sure, I'll, I'll you know. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, type of deal. And I don't know if you want to throw the books up because one of the, yeah, uh, one right of the guys that I really want to talk about, uh, James Harriot. So he passed away recently, but he actually was a veterinarian in England. I don't know if you ever heard of the um, All Creatures Great and Small, yes. uh, but it, it became a PBS show, which I believe is still on. And it's a long running uh, miniseries, but it basically covers his stories as a vet and what it meant to, you know, care for animals. So I decided two of the uh, books I loved were cat stories and dog stories because who doesn't love, you know that. But I wanted to bring him up uh, specifically because he, um, being in the veterinary position, being a animal worker, 
he knows the ins and outs of how they tick, what they do, what they need. And the fact that he was able to use his science, but also his personal, because I believe this guy lived on a farm over there. He had, you know, horses at some point. He had, you know, pigs, cows, whatever. Um, he, you know, he knew what it was. And then, of course, uh, Funny Farm, uh, Krista actually downloaded on her Kindle. And again, this lady lives with 600 rescue animals. And you can see, you know, sheep and chickens and, you know, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but for me, and you know this because I grew up loving them, it never was a weird dynamic because for me, I always looked at non versus human creatures as kind of the same thing. We all, you know, we all need air to breathe. We all need food to eat. Our, you know, our, our bodies work similarly. So to me, when I found out that people wrote like this and there was these authors, these veterinarians, these people, you know, all these guys, I was like, okay, so people kind of get it. Now let's just kind of like, you know, and then I was going to bring up when you talked about the zoos, reserves nowadays, where you can actually go and see, you know, I think there's one by us in Palm Springs, a wolf one, yeah. and it's wolves that, you know, somebody thought was a good pet, obviously it wasn't, and now it's basically an entire reserve full of wolves that can't go back to the, you know, the wild, right. but the fact that you can go and see them up close, it gives you that awe, it gives you that, like, you know, you, you don't get to do that regularly. You, you're not, nobody's lucky enough to see these animals because they're, they're um, what do you call it? They're, they're independent. They, they yeah. like to hide. Yeah. That was like a, also um, the uh, animal uh, park in um, San Diego that's associated with the zoo, the wild oh, animals. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of cool. You can go and you can, you know, take the little trains and the little, and I think you can stay overnight. And we have it here too, the living desert, where you can go. Uh, and, sure you can take the, and, yeah. And what's really cool about them, and I know we've talked about this on another show, um, is that they are very much disability inclusive. Right. And, and, and the one that's here. So that obviously was important to us because we do a, you know, a show about mining and mental health. So there's so many different places, I think, that are showing us that animals are so important in our life and we can actually experience it. Very cool. And then, of course, the last one, this one is, is for kids, but there's many versions of unlikely friendships. And this one is the proof, if you need it, that they are just like us when it comes to forming bonds. And uh, I'm sure dad's watched this before. National Geographic has the unlikely uh, friendship show. And it's, you know, you have elephants and dogs. You have, um, you know, lions. And um, what it, actually the funniest video was there's a guy, and I think he owns a reserve. He has two uh, dachshunds, and they run into the lion cage, and they play with the lion because this lion grew up around them. And they think they're a lion with them, and, you know, and it's one of those things, and it's funny to watch. And then you just go, I don't know people that would do that, but like here they are, it's this big cat versus, you know, so I think generally the endorphins, you know, when, when you're taught endorphins, you're thinking, okay, it's got to be happy, happy, happy. I think the endorphins here are, if the book, the story, the article, whatever gives you the feels, the feels, the feels. Right. That's the yeah. end goal. And I think, you know, I said, I'll say it a million times, but I think really, you know, and it might just, maybe it's not just me. Obviously, you, many people would agree. The best kind of story to give you those feels is something cute, you know, a cute story. And what's cuter than, you know, fuzzy, feathery, whatever. <laughs> so there is nothing cuter, nothing cuter than that. 
Um, and I'm like really disappointed because my dog is normally here. I don't know where he went, but he's not here. Um, I put I put a link to uh, in the chat for anyone that would like to go check out some of these books that we were just talking about. Um, so check it out down in, in the chat. Um, any last minute things that we want to talk about in terms of how animals make us feel? It's not just the books. I mean, obviously, the books kind of get encapsulated, right. but how 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 we feel when when we have a, an animal in our life? I mean, you know, science has shown that petting, I think, a dog or a cat for what five minutes or so can you know lower your blood pressure, can relieve stress, can you know, like you were saying, if you're feeling bad, it can kind of lift your spirits. So. Science has proven that just being around them is 50% of the, the health of your, you know, physical, mental, what, what have you. Um, I would say, you know, yes, I know some people, you know, they might be allergic. They might not be able to. And I understand that. Uh, but I would say, you know, if you're thinking of getting one, definitely adopt. I always say adopt, don't shop, you know, right. personally. Um, everybody I know has gotten their pet from somebody who maybe right. had a litter or maybe they went to the shelter. Um but if you can have an animal and you're living in a place where they allow them, it doesn't have to be big. I mean, you know, you can get a little uh, little fish, maybe a little a little turtle. I Whatever have... it is that kind of fits your 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 life standards. Uh, there's right. a hilarious Petco commercial of you know, and they use the song from Oliver, "I Do Anything for You," and it shows just people loving their dog. One lady's walking, taking a hike with her dog in a backpack. One kid built a hamster thing in his house with a billion. And how did that make you feel looking at it? And I think that's part of this. It always makes me smile because it's just like, oh my God, these guys are are crazy and hilarious. But this is, that's what you do when you have a, you know, a family member. So I would just say, you know, if you can uh, and you, and you're interested, get, get yourself a buddy, get yourself a a little friend. Um, You know, if you want something low key, Maybe like a little bird or a little fish. If you want something more active, like you were saying, you know, a dog, even cats. I mean, people walk their cats now. Crazy, but I've seen it. I actually, I worked at a mall once and somebody walked their cat through the mall. And I was like, what the, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it's great. And then, as I said, if you can't do that now, pick up some of the books. The books are a great way to kind of get you in a good mood. It's kind of like that, the holiday feeling wrapped up into a story. Um but we want to caution people, you know, of buying buying a pet without really understanding right. what goes into having an animal. I, and I'm only bringing that up. I know, I think this month, NBC is doing, an, the, the new station, NBC is doing a adopt all the dogs out of the, the pounds in, in the community. Right. Um, and a lot of these dogs, unfortunately, or, or cats were adopted during the pandemic. And they took all these dogs in and they, you know, they're going to have a pet because they're stuck at home and now they're not at home anymore. And so they're unfortunately turning them back. I mean, when I think about stuff like that, I think how could, it's like an, a household member. You don't turn your child back. You don't turn, I mean, I'm sure there are parents. Well, that might be right. But I, I find it, I, you know, so I think, um, yeah, definitely go and adopt. You know, we've rescued ours. I, I can't even imagine having a dog that I, I bought. And no offense, anybody out there, that's if that's what you do, that's great. If you're, you're giving an animal a home. But if at all possible, I know both of us encourage you, go out, adopt, rescue, do something, you know, save, a, save an animal, basically. Save an animal. Uh, guys, if you're tuning in and want to know how you want to follow Robert, which I know, Robert, I just called you Robert. Oh, my goodness. You must okay. be a I don't know. <laughs> 
you want to uh, uh, follow Rob, you can follow him on his website, alteruniverse.live. You can follow him on LinkedIn at Rob Glasser. He's got really cool nerdy stuff. You can go to the staynerdy.shop and he's on YouTube. I like to say you're everywhere. Oh my gosh, you're on Twitter everywhere. And um, I'm not even going to put my stuff up because it's just Karen Glasser. So wherever, I, I mean, literally wherever, just put my name in, you're going to find me. Always fun. Um, always fun. I can't remember what we're doing next week, but we're doing something fun next week on Thursday. And uh, Tuesday, if you're interested in our Minding Your Mental Health shows, we are doing a really important episode on social media and mental health, which is a huge, huge topic. I hope that you'll tune in. Rob, as always, a fun time. Go out and give somebody an awesome day. We'll see you next time on Altered Universe Live. Goodbye, everyone.